Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As you're turning to Matthew, we, we have been speaking and started a series of messages called uh, God With Us. As we get into the Christmas holiday, I personally believe one of the greatest lies that the enemy uses against us is that we are alone. Loneliness is a big part of what uh, the holiday season is all about, whether it be Thanksgiving, whether it be Christmas. A lot of people during this time, this is where depression hits its highest peak is during this time of year because uh, maybe we we feel lonely. We feel like we're not around people that that, uh, love us or we don't have the ability to get the things that we want to for people. But I want you to know that God, from the very beginning, God let us know that we are not alone. I want you to know this morning that God loved you so much that he sent his son so that you would never, someone say never, Never be alone again. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says this. Behold, a virgin will be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted as God with us. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Emmanuel literally means God with us. And God, I want you to know this morning that God is with you. And the the virgin birth was all about the coming of God to be with us, that you are not alone, that God is with you today. I want to encourage you that whatever you're facing today, no matter what struggles you're going through, whether it be financially, whether it be mentally, whether it be physically, relationally, or even spiritually, you need to know today that you are not alone, that you are not isolated, that you are not by yourself, that God is with you. And as long as God is with you, you, you are always, you are never alone. God is Emmanuel. God is with us. Someone say, I'm not alone. So I need you to understand something this morning is that God is with us not only as Pastor Nick shared with us earlier or this last week I talked about God with us, God in us. On Wednesday night, Pastor Nick talked about God with us in the valley And today, today we're going to talk about God with us in the wilderness, that there are going to be times in your life you're going to go through a wilderness season. How many of you have ever been in a wilderness? Have you ever gone camping? You've gone out to the wilderness. You see that there's not a lot there. It's isolated. There's, it's a place of isolation, of loneliness at times. It's, it can be a place of danger as well. But I want you to see in Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read a couple verses before the scripture we used to launch off with in verse 20. And I want to talk to you right now about Joseph. Joseph is, is engaged to a young lady by the name of Mary. And when Mary has the angel visit her and tell her, you know what, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to be with child, Mary has a choice to make. If I say yes, this could put my life in jeopardy. Because in those days, if you got pregnant outside of wedlock, you could be stoned. You could be killed. And here it is when Mary finds herself in this situation, when she says yes to the angel, She says yes to ridicule. I need you to understand that when you say yes to God, it's not always going to be easy. 
Say it again, Pastor. Whenever you say yes to God, you are saying yes to ridicule. You're saying yes to danger. You're saying yes to rejection. You're saying yes to isolation as well. Because whenever you say yes to God, you have all the, the, the gates of hell opening up against you. Whenever you say yes to God does not mean that your life is going to be easy. Someone needs to hear that this morning. You thought that just because you said yes to God, everything was going to be cake. That you were going to run through the meadows naked, throwing flowers, and everything was going to be great. Everything was going to be cake, cake, and everything was going to be easy. I'm here to tell you this, that God never promised that things would be easy. But he did promise to be with you. Never said it would be easy, but he did say he would be with you during it. Matthew verse, chapter 1, verse 20. Now Joseph finds out that she's pregnant. And because he loves her, the Bible says that he's willing to put her away quietly, not have her stoned, shows that he's a man of integrity. That instead of having her stoned and dealing with her in that manner, verse 20 says this. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... The angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how many men that would be willing to take on this responsibility. And look at verse 21. It says this, and she will have a son. Someone say a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Verse 22 And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Verse 24 and 25 says this. When Joseph woke up, someone say woke up. There's going to come a time in your life where you got to get woke. There's going to come a time in your life that the lights are going to have to come on. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to recognize what's going on around you. He wakes up from the dream. And when he wakes up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And he, Joseph, named him Jesus. See, I need you to understand something. When Joseph said yes to God, someone say yes. Yes. Come on, say yes. When Joseph said yes to God, he was saying yes to a wilderness season. The very moment he said yes to God, all of a sudden he entered into, immediately entered into a season of the wilderness, which meant this. Mary, at that point, people began to talk in the community about her, that she was a slut, that she had gotten pregnant, that we don't know who the father was, and all this stuff was taking place. Joseph faced ridicule, and all of a sudden, King sought to kill the child. Let me tell you something. Whenever God is about to send a deliverer, the enemy starts trying to kill the children. When Moses was sent, what does Pharaoh do? He's killing all the male children. When Jesus was born, what does the king Herod do? He kills all the male children two years and under. I'm here to tell you that's why abortion is such a crazy thing is because what it's trying to do, the enemy tries to destroy when God ever, whenever God sends a deliverer or a redeemer. There are so many children that God wants to raise up to be a redeemer, the solution to a problem. But I'm here to tell you something. The enemy will always try to wipe out what God is trying to send to deliver. 
Oh, come on, you can say amen to that. So all of a sudden, they're on the run. The angel tells him, you guys got to get out of here. Let, let me tell you something. In times of struggle and in the wilderness, we have to be able to hear the voice of God. You need to be able to hear the voice of God and respond to it. So just because you say yes to God doesn't mean things are going to be easy. Everyone say wilderness. I want you to see this word wilderness in the Greek, it means solitary, lonely, it means desolate or uninhabited. It also means a place uh, that, that, that's deserted or lonely region, people that have been deserted or deprived of others, a flock that's been, de- de- um, that's been uh, deserted by its shepherd, or a woman that's been abandoned by her husband. That's what the wilderness literally means. You're in a situation where people have literally turned their back on you, left you, and you're out in a place of isolation, a place of solitude, a place of desolation, a place that's remote, unpopulated. Over 300 times the Bible talks about a place called the wilderness. And throughout the Word of God, we see uh, Israel going through the wilderness, John the Baptist going through the wilderness, What's his name? Elijah going through the wilderness. Jesus going through the wilderness. Moses going through the wilderness. Some of the greatest men and women of God went through the wilderness before they got their promotion. What we do when we get to our wilderness, we complain about it. Instead of allowing God to move in our lives in order to promote us. I want you to understand something. The gap between where you're at right now and the promise of God is called the wilderness. Say it again, Pastor. The gap between where you're at right now and the promise God has on your life is called the wilderness. And when you are going toward the promise God has on your life, you're going to have to walk through the wilderness. You're going to have to go through the wilderness. You're going to have to go through the process that might not always be pleasant. It's called the process. It's in the wilderness that Jesus was tempted and tested. It's also where he was baptized because that's where John the Baptist was. Satan's in the wilderness. Satan dwells in the wilderness. But I got good news for you. So does God. Hallelujah. God shows up in the wilderness. God is in the wilderness. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says this. Before the daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated. Someone say isolated. It's the same word as wilderness. Jesus gets to a place called alone. And I need you to understand that when you're going through your wilderness time, you're going to go through a stage called alone. That all of a sudden, you're going through a problem. You call your pastor, he's not there. You call your friend, he's not there. You call your husband, your wife, they're not there. You're going to find yourself at times in your life when you're going through the wilderness of life in a place called alone. And alone is a great place to be when God is about to do something in your life. Don't be afraid of alone. When you can't get a hold of me, when you can't get a hold of friends, it's because God's trying to get you in a place where it's only you and him. And you recognize your church can't get you through. Your family can't get you through. Your mom and dad can't get you through. Only God can get me through this wilderness. See, alone is a place where you can hear the voice of God clearly. And the problem is we're always with people. 
and all we hear is their voice. And God has to get us alone so that we can hear his. In seasons in my life where I felt like I, I couldn't hear the voice of God, my prayer has always been this, Lord, silence the noise. Get me to a place that I, alone where I can hear your voice again. Because I can get so busy in life and so many voices around me that can drown out the voice of God. Alone can be a place of testing, but it can also be a place of triumph where you find victory. See, you've heard this said, when God is all you got, that's when you realize God is all you need. Come on, somebody say amen. So I want to take you somewhere before we close this morning. Now, God led Israel into the desert, wilderness. He led Jesus into the wilderness. That, that just sounds wrong. No, you're supposed to lead me beside still waters. You're supposed to lead me to a place of comfort and relaxation. But the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord led Israel into the wilderness, and the Spirit of the Lord, same Spirit, led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Some of you are going through the wilderness right now, and you're like, that ain't of God. I don't know what's going on. You're mad at God that you're in the wilderness right now. And you're yelling at the wilderness, you're mad at God that you're there instead of dealing with the fact that you're supposed to move through the wilderness, not receive your mail there. Some of you get to, if you hate the wilderness so much, why not progress through it? But many of us hate the wilderness so much we get mad and we just stay there. You start decorating your wilderness. Get your lazy boy there in your wilderness. Get your television in the wilderness. And you stay in a place that God never meant for you to dwell. See, when you go to the wilderness, when you respond in obedience, it equals promotion. When you respond in disobedience, it ends up with problems. Same wilderness. Obedience, promotion. Disobedience, problems. The wilderness is a place of growth. Of testing. God led Israel and Jesus through the wilderness. Look at Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures to you right now. You can write them down or just reference them. But I'm going to read some scriptures to you now. Check this out. Exodus chapter 13 verse 18 says this. So God. Dead. What was that? God. Dead. Thank you, Brother David. David's, Brother David's the only one that can read it. Has glasses today. Okay. So God. Dead. Them roundabout way through the what? God took them on purpose to the wilderness. Let, let me tell you something. You are not in the wilderness by accident. You are in the wilderness on assignment. God has taken you through that wilderness for a purpose. He says this, thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. God took them out of Egypt to the wilderness on purpose. Deuteronomy 8.2 says this, remember how the Lord your God, you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you, testing you to prove your character, to find out whether or not you would obey his commandments. You see, as I go through, God has a promise for me. Fo follow me on this, okay? 
God has a promise for me. He says, listen, I'm going to give you this. I got this right here. I'm going to give you this blessing. But before I give it to you, I need to make sure your character can hold on and is worth that which I'm going to give to you. And so instead of just giving it to you, I'm going to make sure that your character is at the right place so that when you do get this thing, it doesn't destroy you. It blesses you. Now, let, let me put it this way. I would be considered a great dad if I bought my daughter a car and she was 28 years old and she needed a bigger vehicle. I would be considered a great dad. Man, you bought your daughter a car. That's so amazing, Pastor Dan. That, man, you're, you're, you're a great dad. If my daughter is 12 years old and I buy her a car, I'm irresponsible. Same gift. Different levels. Because at 12 years old, she's not in a place that she can, that could hurt her. So God takes us through what we call the wilderness as a process to prepare us for the promise. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years, humbling you, testing you to prove your character, to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. See, the wilderness does three things. It will humble you. How many of you have ever gone through your own personal wilderness time? You're like, God, where are you? I mean, you're, you're just like, God, it feels like God just totally turned his back on you. And you're wondering, God, where are you? You, know, you were on the top of the mountain. Now you're in the valley. You're, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And you're in this time and you're wondering, God, what did I do so wrong? It's not that you did something wrong. It's that God wants to give you the promise so bad that he has to prepare your character for what he wants to give you. God doesn't hate you. Any parent that tells their kid, clean their room, you know, do the dishes, uh, have chores, the only reason they do that is they want to get their child prepared for life when they leave the home. So the wilderness will humble you. The wilderness will prove your character. And the wilderness will also check your loyalty. Do, do we only serve God because of what God's given us? See, some of us will, are committed to God as long as God keeps answering prayer. What happens during the wilderness season? Are you still loyal to God? Can you still trust God when you can't see him? That's what faith is all about, folks. None of us, come on, none of us would, would you wouldn't want a wife or a husband that only loved you when you were giving them things. Say it again, Pastor. Look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Now tell him this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I've heard you say. Uh-oh. Let, 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 me, let me explain this. What's, what's it called between where I'm at right now and my present to where my promise is? What's the gap called in between those two places? Wilderness. The wilderness. As I'm going through the wilderness, I got to be careful what I say. Say it again, Pastor. I got to be careful what proceeds out of my mouth. 
Because when you're going through the wilderness, like the children of Israel, when they came into the wilderness, when they got to the verge of the promised land, they said, we can't do this. There's giants there. The people are too big. The land is too, will, will overwhelm us. The Bible says this, for every day that they doubted God, someone say day. day. For every day they doubted God, God caused a delay of one year. One day of doubt creates one year of delay. They walked the promised land for 40 days. How many years did they wander in the desert, in the wilderness? 40 years. Because they doubted. What doubt do you have right now in your wilderness that is delaying the promise of God over your marriage, over your children, over your community, over your family, over your future? Stop doubting God. And God tells the children of Israel in verse 14, chapter 14, 28, he says, as another version puts it this way, as you have spoken in my hearing, let it be unto you. I don't agree with what you said, but because you said it, Whatever you said, I'm going to allow that to happen over your life. You know what? How, what am I talking about? Oh, we'll never own a house in San Jose. Oh, we're never going to get out of debt. We're ne- my marriage is never going to be whole. We're never going to find, my, my family's never going to be put, put back together again. I'm never going to be free of this addiction. I'm always going to have this issue. See, God doesn't agree with what you said, but he does say this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I've heard you say. Why? Because you have the power with the words that you speak to create an atmosphere to walk out the things God gave you dominion. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, watch your mouth. Got to be careful what we say. Listen, I love you too much. And when I sit in counseling with some of you or I talk to you personally and I hear negative statements coming out of your mouth, I cringe because I think of the scripture. And as the spiritual father of this home, I declare right over you after you say something like that, I always release something positive over you. Because the Bible says this, that if a father hears its daughter or son say something and he doesn't say anything, then that vow that son or daughter is responsible for. But if the father hears it and he speaks over it, then he breaks whatever word was spoken by the children and the father's word becomes... That's why I speak over you. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the authority God gave you in the words that you speak with your mouth. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. See, you got to be careful what you say in the wilderness. For each day that they doubted, they would wander a year. And yet, you know what? This is so cool. And I want you to listen to me as I close this morning. We're, We're about to land the plane, okay? They wandered for how many years? They turned a 10-day trip into a 40-year journey. Some of y'all should be farther along right now. Say it again, Pastor. You, You should be farther. You're better than where you're at right now. 
You're better than that. You should be a whole lot farther in this journey. You should be a whole lot farther. I look at my own life. There's areas in my life that I should be farther than I am right now. Why are you saying amen? What do you know about me, man? <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding with you, bro. chap. I mean, we take a look at our lives and we look at areas that we got gaps that we should be farther than this. Yet in the 40 years, listen closely, in the 40 years they wandered in the desert, God was with them. I'm not here to make you feel guilty for where you're at. I'm here to remind you you're not alone. You're not alone. He's still with you the same way he was with Israel. Every day, a pillar of fire at night. Every, every, every evening, a pillar of fire at night. Every day, a pillar of cloud to cover them from the sun. Every morning, they walked out and there was manna for them to eat. There was water coming out of a rock. There was quail that were coming in for them to eat. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you're going through, my God will be with you in your wilderness season. He still provided for them. Matthew chapter 4, we see that God also led Jesus. Then Jesus was what? Yeah. Brother Dave, I'm taking, with you, taking me with you whenever I go preach somewhere, brother. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? Tempted. There by the devil. Now, now hold on. 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 13 says, for the temptations in your life are no different than what others experienced. Let, 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 me, let me just be straight with y'all, okay? You're nothing special. I love you. But you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been struggling with. You're not going through anything no one else has gone through. No, no, you don't, know, you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my kids. You don't know my, my family. I don't need to know because everyone goes through crap. Everyone's gone through something. And I can sit here and complain about what I went through. But the reality is we all go through something in life. But he says this, the temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Listen very closely to me, okay? This is where we get the word mixed up. And this is where people have trouble because we always hear people say this, God won't allow me to go through more than I can stand. It's not what it says. When my daughter died, that was more than I could stand. Are you hearing me? The, the, the addiction that you might be facing is more than you could stand. That divorce was more than you could stand. That abandoning was more than you could stand. The word's not saying that you'll never go through anything that, that you, you can't stand. He says there's no temptation that you'll face. That God won't provide a way out from. Temptation is different than trial. We've all, how many know we've gone through some things that 
was more than we could stand. Yet, God is still there. God provides a way out. I just want to encourage you right now. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, you're with us. I'm speaking to someone right now. God is with you in your wilderness season. God is with you in your wilderness season right now. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. There's a story, a legend, if you would, that talks about the rite of passage for a Cherokee brave. And whenever a Cherokee brave was going into that rite of passage to become a man at 12 years old, when he turned 12 years old, he was blindfolded. And they placed him on a stump in the middle of the forest. And he had to sit on that stump all night with the blindfold. He was not allowed to take the blindfold off. He was not allowed to scream for help. He was not allowed to do anything. He had to sit there in silence the whole night, no matter what he heard, no matter what was going on around him. The brave sat there with the blindfold until the ray of the sun began to beat upon his face. When the sun rose and hit his face, he was allowed to take off his blindfold. But he was also not allowed to tell anyone what the experience was like. So here we have that young brave sitting there in the middle of the dark, hearing animals and moving out in the dark, in the forest, in the wilderness, scared to death, but he cannot lift his voice if he wants to become a man. As the sun rises, and he feels the rays of sun on his face going through his blindfold. As he removes his blindfold, he looks over and he sees his father sitting right next to him who's been keeping watch all night over him to make sure nothing happens to him. Many of you right now are in a season of your life where you feel blindfolded going through a dark season. I need you to know that your father is sitting right next to you. You are not alone. Matthew 28, 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you and making sure of this, listen closely, I am with you always, even until the end of the age Emmanuel God with us he says lo what lo or be sure of this I what was it I I am what's he say I am 
It's the same word that Moses, when he's up against the burning bush, he says, who shall I say sent me? God doesn't say Elohim. He doesn't say El Shaddai. He doesn't say El Elyon. He doesn't say Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Zikkanu. All he says is, tell him, I am has sent you. Why? I am whatever you need. If you need healing, I am. If you need salvation, I am. If you need strength, I am. I am whatever you need in whatever wilderness you are going through today. Stand to your feet. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.